Hey everyone, Dr. Hanisha here, and for today's Medical Monday, I'm gonna be talking about how I reverse my thyroid symptoms. But before I get into that, I wanted to mention that I am taking a break right now from doing these videos, but by taking a break, I really mean that I'm just gonna be doing them as I please and as I go and posting them as I want, um, instead of putting that extra pressure on myself to have it done at a certain time, at a certain on a certain day every single time. And so um, we'll see how that goes. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna continue to post. It's just not gonna be as consistent as it has been in the past. Um, but, and then it's gonna be more as things that I just feel like talking about. And so right now I feel like talking about my uh, thyroid condition and how I reversed it. Um, but before I get into that, I wanted to remind you all to make sure that you go and check out my old episodes, um, the Mahan Health Podcast. It's on YouTube. It's also on any podcast streaming service. So make sure you go check that out as well. All right, let's get right into it. How did I reverse my thyroid symptoms? Okay, so <laughs> starting with well, let's start with like what the potential causes of my thyroid issue. So I have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and I was diagnosed about five years ago. Oh, six years ago. I apologize. Um, it's been six years since I've been diagnosed. And um, when I was diagnosed, I had a colleague who actually, or she was a classmate, I was in med school at the time, um, who noticed my thyroid was enlarged on a physical exam that we were practicing on one another. And so we went and, um, so I, I went and got my lab work done and found out that I had Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and my TSH levels were actually just a little out of the normal range, um, or the, out of the optimal range but it wasn't anything too extreme, nothing that any conventional doctor would have ever prescribed medication for or anything like that. Um, but I did have a lot of antibodies. So I had a lot of anti-thyroid thyroid peroxidase um, antibodies and so TPO antibodies. And with those antibodies, um, I had about 960 and the allowed amount to be considered normal is actually 34. So I had 960 and the normal amount was 34. And so it's definitely way out of the range. I also did an ultrasound on my thyroid, found out that a lot of my thyroid had already been degenerated. Um, we call it like the Swiss cheese-like formation, which meant that a lot of the thyroid was just gone and so, and will never regenerate again. And so that was kind of the time where I realized that I needed to make some changes so that I don't get to a point where my thyroid is completely obliterated and then I need to remove it and be on medication for the rest of my life. And so that's when I started making changes. And um, so let's start with what I actually, or what actually could have led to that. And there are a lot of issues that can lead to Hashimoto's, but for me personally, I'm not going to go over everything that could potentially be a risk factor for Hashimoto's because there are a lot, but I'm gonna go over some of the things that were definitely risk factors for myself personally. And one of them was being in calorie deficit. I definitely was not always eating well um, or much or getting enough protein um, while I was in college I was eating a lot of hummus and pita and milk and cereal not an optimal diet at all um, so I was doing a lot of that and not eating much in general um, and then another one of those which is also related was I was also iron deficient um, iron deficiency is also another risk factor and then I was also vitamin D deficient the normal ranges for vitamin D are from 30 to 100 
and um, optimal ranges for people of color like myself is actually from 80 to 100. So, um, so I should be at 80, normal conventional is 30, my levels were at seven. So I was definitely extremely vitamin D deficient and that was definitely a factor. Another thing that um, also may have contributed to my thyroid condition was my adrenals. I was, since I was a kid, I was always under a lot of stress um, and, and a lot of pressure, not just from my uh, family, but also from myself. I always felt like I needed to excel and be better. And so I put a lot of stress on myself and that led to um, me being chronically stressed and uh, probably led to some issues with my adrenals as well. And then another, the, the last thing that I think was a big risk factor for me was I had taken a lot of antibiotics pretty much since birth. Um, I was born with a lot of digestive issues and then at six months old, I actually had an inguinal hernia and so I had a surgery done and then after that I was on antibiotics then and then I was constantly on antibiotics as a kid. And so that definitely led to my gut health being even worse and then potentially leading to my Hashimoto's hypothyroidism as well. So those are some of the the major risk factors that I had personally, but there are other, like I said, other risk factors of Hashimoto's like, um, like different viruses or um, bacteria like EBV or Lyme and things like that that can also exacerbate or celiac disease. So all of these things can be risk factors. And so um, for me, those were, those were the main things. And so what I started to do, the first thing I did was I went on a gluten-free diet and um, within just a few months, my antibodies started to go down after going completely gluten-free, went from 960 to um, about 700. And so within a few months, so definitely some improvement there. And then, um, and then I started to go dairy-free and then what was most difficult was going sugar-free as well. And now um, I, I went completely like, you know, I, I'm, I went completely sugar-free where I didn't have anything other than maybe two fruits a day as my sugar intake. And by maybe, I mean, I definitely did that because I was highly addicted to sugar. Um, so, so that was kind of the cleanse I did. But then now I do have some like honey and maple syrup and um, some coconut sugar and things like that. Uh, occasionally whenever I have baked goods, but I definitely avoid re refined sugars. Um, as often as possible, uh, pretty much 99% of the time, but I also avoid gluten. 99.9% .9 of the time as much as I can and then I avoid dairy as well and that would probably be like 80% because that one's been a little bit more difficult and challenging for me but um, I've been a little bit more consistent with it recently but so those were some of the foods um, that I eliminated but what I did add was I was actually a vegetarian and this also was probably contributing to the both the iron deficiency as well as the calorie deficit. And so I added some uh, seafood into my diet and then eventually added a little bit of um, red, like what red meat uh, or wild meat in general. So a little bit of turkey, lamb, goat, um, things like that. I, I do try to avoid any sort of conventionally processed meats. So things like beef or pork, um, even chicken, they're just highly processed. And so I do avoid those in general. Um, and, but I still don't really eat that much meat. I will have more seafood than, um, than red meat or even lean meats in general. So those are some of the things I did with my diet to make some changes. But then other things that I did, um, was definitely some lifestyle changes. I was always going on and off with my workouts. Now I started to be way more consistent because I noticed I felt better whenever I did workouts. So 
now I am active every single day. I have to do at least something, whether it's yoga, Pilates, bar, high intensity interval training, it doesn't matter. Like I'm doing something, strength training, um, running, whatever it is, I'm doing something active at least once a day. Um, and then I'm staying more active throughout the day, walking and things like that as well. But I'm doing some sort of like workout at least once a day in the, in, in the morning. And then also um, incorporating yoga as a daily practice, or sorry, a weekly practice, not daily, um, but also daily. I, I do at least 10 to 15 minutes of yoga every morning um, or some sort of stretching and breathing exercises every morning. And then also inc incorporating some meditation, setting boundaries for myself. All these lifestyle changes that I made um, were <laughs> significant. And so, um, so yeah, I started setting boundaries for myself. Like me, like taking this break right now is a way of setting boundaries and being like, okay, I, if I feel like making a video, I'll make a video. If I don't, I won't, I'm not going to put that external pressure or internal pressure on myself to make these things happen. If it's not serving me and my health. And so those were some of the things that I did. Um, also I watched the sunrise and, um, get out in nature and forest bathe. All of these things that have helped support my adrenal glands then to help reverse my thyroid symptoms and, uh, my constant symptoms of like fatigue and things like that. Um, were extremely important. And then of course, lastly, I did herbal medicine. I took a lot of herbal medicine and uh, supplements. So some of the herbal medicines that I incorporated into my life, um, especially in the beginning, were a lot of adaptogens, some bitters for my digestive health, and then also anti-inflammatory herbs like um, like turmeric had become kind of a, a staple for me and in, in, in my life. And then in terms of supplementation, selenium, zinc, tyrosine, all of these, iodine, getting enough of all of these is very, very important to support your thyroid gland. So I started to incorporate all of these. Of course, I was supplementing with vitamin D and iron as well because I was deficient. Um, I also started supplementing with NAC, which is the precursor to glutathione um, or our body's most powerful antioxidant. And that was absolutely um, crucial and imperative to my health. And then I also added uh, B-complex, a fish oil and then um, magnesium as well. And I, I was taking probiotics uh, for quite some time uh, consistently as well. And so those were just a few of the things, but I also were, was doing certain supplements like Ultra Inflamax for a really long time to help really support my digestion, which of course everything is connected. So um, supporting my gut health was also supporting my thyroid health as well. So, um, so those are some of the things I did and I do want to reiterate that this was my journey and what I had to do. And yeah, it was just a quick, quick five years later. And then all my symptoms went away after changing my diet lifestyle and adding supplements and herbs into my life. So it, it, it's not, it's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. That's not the way it works. And so it did take a lot of time and, um, a lot of patience and a lot of lifestyle changes. I think often we focus on the diet changes or what supplements I could take, but like there's a lot of lifestyle changes that we do need to make. And, and for me personally, I do think that stress is extremely, extremely important to work on managing and having proper stress management techniques has changed my life drastically. So, um, so yeah, I definitely think that's something that we could all work on and that's where we could all get support. Um, but otherwise some of the things are a little bit more geared towards me personally. So this is not to recommend what to do if you have 
any thyroid um, conditions like Hashimoto's. It's just to let you know what I did. And like I said, it was just, it wasn't like, oh, I just did one, two, X, Y, and Z, and then bam, my thyroid symptoms were all gone. Like, I wish that's how it was because that would have been great, but it was definitely a journey. There would be points where I felt so much better initially with going gluten-free, but then there I would have some dips and lows and then be like, okay, what else do I need to work on? And so it was a constant process. And I think that's something that we all need to remember. And I know a lot of my patients tend to get impatient or feel um, frustrated or, or, or like hopeless a little bit because they start to get better and then there's a dip. And that is absolutely normal because healing is a journey that is not linear. So we need to remember that. And, um, and that's what I'm here to help support you all do. And, and that's why I'm, I'm doing this video because I want to, I, this was a really commonly asked question. And so I figured I might as well answer the question on like what I did to, um, help reverse my thyroid symptoms. And so, um, I hope this was helpful please reach out to me if you do need someone. And I, oh yeah, that was another thing. I still have a naturopathic doctor that I see that helps manage my care. So it's not that I, um, I don't have to see her as often, right? Because I feel so empowered with my health, but I do need someone to help me check in as well as a naturopathic doctor, even though I know all this stuff, it's so helpful to have someone else streamline that information for me. And so that's why it's really important, I think, to have someone like a naturopathic doctor, whether it's me or someone else, it doesn't matter. Just having someone to support you on your health journey and kind of guide you through the process is absolutely imperative um, to our healing journeys. So um, like I said, I hope that was helpful and informative and I'm wishing you all Mahan health and I will see you next time.